Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the morning sports briefing here on the 21st of April at 8 a.m. And we remember we are at 8 a.m. every day of the week. That's right, seven days a week, even the weekend here on New Zealand Sports Radio. Hi, I'm Paul. I'll be your host for today. And in our headlines, we have Todd Greenbury falls on his sword. Wage cuts continue. Spit and polish. The uh, Pacific Rugby Players Welfare weigh in on rugby, world rugby vote. And uh, Paige Hareb uh, has some different housemates. And to get us on the way, I'll hand you straight over to Steve from the Deep South, who will give us his uh, football update. Yes, good morning, everyone. And it's time to fill your boots with the best way to start your day yet again. It's time for the football news. And uh, today we have a crazy idea for the A-League. We have a club that's banning headers for kids. But first, we have quite a bit of news around the wages being slashed over in the UK and Europe. And a new president has been set for the players' wage cuts with Roma players volunteering to forego four months of salary to help the club's finances during a pandemic. The players, manager Paulo Fonseca and staff who can are all going to pay the difference for all the staff to be paid fully during this time as well. The gesture was led by Captain Eden Zicco, who forwarded the idea to the club hierarchy. Roma do currently sit in fifth position in Serie A between the fourth place Atalanta and sixth place Napoli. On the topic of pay slashes, Watford have become just the third EPL club to agree to wage deferrals, and they joined Southampton and West Ham, who have already confirmed to do the same. Now, Arsenal have just confirmed this morning that they've announced to do a 12.5% pay cut from their players and manager as well. It is expected Chelsea will join them, and they'll add to the move in the coming days as well. APIA Leichhardt have become the first Australian club to announce that they have banned hitting for players under 12 for the risk of concussion and head injuries. For players 13 and up, they have players' heads and necks have developed more, so they plan to gradually introduce hitting into their training regimes from then on up. And finally, we do have 
one for you all to debate. So I want everyone to get involved in this one. Leave your comments below and the guys can have their say as well. I'm quite interested to know what they think. But in some situations like this, I'm not sure whether I want to laugh or cry. But this one um, is certainly one of them. Now, Australian former professional footballer Craig Johnson has thrown the idea of a six-a-side soccer tournament or football tournament with four 15-minute quarters to be thrown into the middle of the A-League season. Now, he claims that football in Australia needs to adopt a Big Bash style league like the cricket season has. His suggestions have come under fire from other former professionals who have said such razzmatazz is the last thing football needs and the idea should be hit for six. Now I'm interested to what everyone knows about that. Leave your thoughts in the comments below. And Paul, what do you reckon? Does football need a big little sort of razzmatazz tournament? I feel like Justin Marshall saying that uh, in their football season in the A-League. What do you guys reckon? Um, it's a bit, you say, it's a bit like the Big Bash. Um, six aside sounds a bit like foosball, doesn't it? Um, and so I think they already have that. It's just a matter of getting, or, or the um, or the Masters football, it's just a matter of getting the right names and publicity for it, to be honest. I think it already exists. It's um, it seems like inventing a game for a game that's already there. Arshwin, Stephen? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one, but I think everybody's been... Since the lockdown, I think everybody's been trying to look for a, for a different angle. And um, hey, I suppose any idea is a good idea, I suppose. <laughs> um, but I, I remember when uh, when twenty twenty came in, and we used to play twenty twenty after work, and it was kind of like, well, yeah, it's what the it's what people just do. Um, but hey, it's taken off, hasn't it? Let's move on, on to um, birthdays then. Um, Stephen, let's take Stephen from the far north. You can take us through. Who are the birthday boys and girls today? Yeah, thank you, Paul, and good morning, everyone, everybody. And birthdays this morning, we have it very much an Olympic theme. Firstly, one of the great New Zealand Olympians, dual internationals in the oval ball code and a black stick Olympian. And uh, that's pretty much where we're going to start this morning. Rachel Petrie is a former field hockey defender who played for New Zealand at the 2000 Summer Olympics in Sydney. Petrie played for the New Zealand women's team called the Black Sticks between 1996 and 2000. Rachel Jane Petrie, born this day on the 21st of April 1971 in Ashburton. Rachel is 49 today. Moving on to the overball code, Niall Williams is a New Zealand Rugby Sevens player and former New Zealand Touch football captain. She is a member of New Zealand member of New Zealand Women's National Rugby Sevens team and was selected for their squad to the 2016 Summer Olympics when New Zealand claimed the silver medal behind Australia. In touch football, she won gold at the 2005 Youth World Cup and silver at the 2011 Touch Football World Cup. Niall Williams, born this day, 21st of April, 1988. Niall is 32 today. The Dual International is also the younger sister of Sonny Bill Williams. And finally, on to an absolute New Zealand legend. Daniel Loder is a former world champion swimmer, Olympic champion and record holder. Based in Dunedin, he remains the national record holder in the 400 and 1500 meter freestyle short course. He swam for New Zealand at two Summer Olympics, 1992 and 1996, and three Commonwealth Games, 1990, 1994 and 1998 at the 2000 at your pardon at the 1992 olympics in barcelona he garnered a silver medal in the 200 meters butterfly in 1996 in atlanta loader won two gold medals in the 200 and 400 meter freestyle 
He set world records in the short course, 200 butterfly, 400 freestyle. In the 1997 New Year honours list, Loder was appointed an officer of the New Zealand Order of Merit for services to swimming, and he was inducted into the International Swimming Hall of Fame in 2003. Daniel Joseph Loder, ONZM, born this date on the 21st of April 1975, beg your pardon, in Timaru. Daniel is 45 today, an absolute sporting legend. Back to you, Paul. Thank you, Rich. Stephen, you had uh, good, uh, good to stop yourself from laughing there towards the towards the end. But uh, yeah, congratulations on your pronunciation of the of Barcelona, um, <laughs> <laughs> and happy birthday to all of uh, all, all of them. Moving on to rugby news now, then, um, and the actually no, I've you know what I've done. I've gone and skipped cricket. Sorry, Ashwin. Um, we we need. We, we, what, nearly, we nearly missed you out there. Go on, cricket news. That, 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 that's like, uh oh, uh oh. It's like we've gone on to birthdays. Was I sleeping? <laughs> now, look, uh, going on to cricket news, and um, as mentioned by Paul in the headlines, and no more spit and polish. Is that another casualty of the COVID 19 that we won't be able to have a bit of spit and shine of the old cricket ball? With transmission methods being looked at, the spit and shining could be banned. As long as, as well as the spit, could be the sweat, which is another alternative favourite of the uh, cricket player. The uh, players concerned about the uh, bodily functions means that they won't be able to protect the ball and maintain the ball, which means that it will get older quicker. And their concern, the, the bowlers' concerns, obviously, is the fact is that the bowler, the batters, will get even more dominant which we've seen in the game in the years that have passed recently where the batsmen are just more and more dominant and the bowlers seem to be getting a hiding. And other not-so-gross news, the ICC will be hosting 12 full-member countries and three associate-member countries to see take stock of where everybody is at during the pandemic. Likely to be discussed by each country is the government's advice each country has different government advice, but one thing's pretty common is that travel bans will be in place. Also on the agenda to discuss will be the World Test Championship, the Men's T20 World Cup, and the Women's T, well, 50 over, <laughs> T50, with 50 over World Cup. The meeting will be the first step in a collective process assessing the impact across the globe. Meanwhile, in postponement news, South Africa's tour of Sri Lanka has been postponed. Shocked. Totally shocked. Well, not that shocked. The tour, which includes three ODIs and three T20s, was, oh, sorry, has no new prospective date announced at this stage. South Africa's next program tour was to the West Indies, and that's in July, and a decision expected to be made in May on whether that will go ahead. But newsflash, I think it'll be postponed. And in Australia, the state associations are uh, fighting back a little bit as CSA, Cricket Australia, not CSA, sorry, Cricket Australia looked to cut funding to the states of 45%. As I said, the uh, associations, the state associations are pushing back on that. And there is a review currently underway of all the associations' finances. And I think a decision will be made on what sort of cut will be delivered once that has been completed. And that is the cricket news, Paul. Now that I've been remembered. <laughs> oh, so, um, <laughs> thank you very much, Ashwin. Moving on to rugby news, then uh, the 
um, the Pacific Rugby um, player or Pacific Players Rugby Welfare uh, have weighed in with through Dan Leo, uh, written an open letter to World Rugby questioning the um, allowing that uh, or, or, or their processes around vetting people who are voting on the World Committee. Um, Francoise Bullakin, the um, who is the representative for Fiji, who has also been nominated for the uh, as for the executive um, committee. Um, they point out a number of uh, issues around his, uh, his his nomination. Now, uh, you remember that we talked about the other day that um, it had been pointed out that he has been in jail for manslaughter previously, where he served only three months. Uh, also, he is basically banned from travelling to most member countries of rugby, and the only way that he gets around that is that he has a 10-year diplomatic passport. Um, now, it's questionable as to how and why he should have a diplomatic passport uh, when his main role or outside of rugby is being head of the prison services. Over the weekend, um, the Times also came out with uh, uh, an article uh, where they had a recording of um, Keane shouting violent and homophobic instructions to his police officers, um, and as the letter says, whipping them into committing beatings. Uh, and this past weekend, four of his um, prison officers have been charged with the death of a um, prisoner in reprimand due to blunt force trauma, um, apparently. So, uh, as I point out, look, there are a whole bunch of uh, fit to play and um, bringing the game into disrepute for players, but are there those also in place for the people who are actually running the game? Uh, and so they've highlighted all of this. Uh, um, World Rugby is apparently... Uh, looking into those the homophobic um, calls, but you've got to say there is a growing body of evidence uh, that uh, that he's perhaps not the kind of person that we want or, or that the public would want running the game. Um, in other rugby news, uh, it uh, looks like the Crusaders are having to make some people redundant. Uh, the CEO, um, Colin Mainsbridge, would not specify which staff are going to be made redundant, but it's apparently not the coaching staff. Uh, and the players working in, oh, sorry, not players, uh, staff working in the medical academy, logistics and media liaison roles are the most at risk of losing their positions. Um, a sad time, obviously, that, uh, that they're having to make those kind of cuts. Uh, but with the uncertainty as to when sport will, will restart, you can understand that uh, they're having to watch the dollars. Get hand you back now to Stephen from the far north. who will take us through our league news. Yeah, thank you, Paul. There's uh, quite a bit to get through this morning because it's been a bit of uh, a talk in and around NRL circles and it has finally happened. Tom Greenberg has stood down as the NRL CEO as of yesterday evening after he and the ARL Commission mutually agreed to part ways. It comes after weeks of speculation and frustration aimed at Greenberg. He has largely been the face of the NRL's budget black hole and bloated front office, but has publicly taken a back seat in negotiations with broadcasters as the game deals with the threat of COVID-19. In a statement released by the NRL, Greenberg paid tribute to the game. It has been my great honour and privilege to be the CEO of the NRL for the last four years. The statement read, despite the variety of challenges and pressures, I have loved every single minute of the journey. 
Our growth over the last four years has been extraordinary, and I am very proud of my contribution to the game. I am indebted to the game for the variety of opportunities and experiences that have been provided to my family and I, and we live with many great memories and lifelong friendships. My sincere thanks to all the stakeholders across the game, particularly the fans who are the lifeblood of rugby league. Their unwavering passion for the game is wonderful. I remain in awe of the players' skill and bravery to play this game week in and week out, and I thank all of them, both past and present, for their friendship and support. My thanks also to the staff and executive team at the NRL. It has been an absolute honour to lead this team of talented, resilient and hard-working professionals. Andrew, Andrew Abdor has been appointed as the acting CEO while the search for a new CEO begins. So uh, there we have it. It has happened. Bit of speculation. But I suppose Peter Valandes probably comes into the, uh, into the frame as a possible CEO, having that he uh, has been a big a part of the uh, negotiations with the broadcasters moving forward. And finally, in league news, well, it wouldn't be rugby league without somebody having a shot. And this time it's New South Wales origin coach, Brad Fittler, who's been been uh, labelled ridiculous by the office of the Queensland Premier, Anastasia Palaszczuk, as their war of words heats up. The Premiership last week put the brakes on the NRL's May 28th return date and flagged cancelling state of origin altogether in the 2020 due to the COVID-19 lockdown. Fittler wasn't a fan of that and fired off at the Premier over the weekend. Given it's far, it's not too far away, give it a chance. I find it ludicrous, uh, Fittler said. We're playing. I don't care if your team turns up or not. We're playing. It'll be 3-0. Not having an open mind is pretty unpolitical of them. You've got an industry that employs a lot of people, ticking all the boxes, and you've got the Premier of Queensland just dragging it down. In a statement to the Sydney Morning Herald, the Queensland government hit back at fitness comments. It's ridiculous. The Premier is in the midst of a global pandemic and is managing the health concerns for all Queensland, a spokesman for Palaszczuk said. They always come first. The Premier has said often that the health advice comes first. And that is all the news in rugby league, but I must admit I'm having a bit of a chuckle. When hasn't somebody in rugby league had a shot at another person? Well, yes, they do seem to uh, have a go at each other, don't they? Um, moving on then, uh, yesterday, obviously, well, not obviously, yesterday in New Zealand, uh, the government announced that we would be staying in level four until the uh, until the end of Monday uh, next week, so after the Anzac weekend, and then moving down to level three. And a lot of sports are really looking at how quickly and what can they do at different levels. Um National MP um, has uh, uh, Chris Bishop has come out and said that golfers will be allowed to play golf. He said the government have said that. Now, the first thing I would say across this next piece, please, is check official guidelines. This is just uh, before you go out and do anything. This is just an update of uh, what people are saying may or may not be allowed. I say, please do check official guidelines before you go out and do anything. But uh, he, uh, Chris Bishop, is suggesting that uh, the golf will be allowed back. We've already heard that surfing, cycling, uh, mount, uh, uh, tramping will be allowed, but anything that involves motors won't be. So yachting uh, uh, well, is, is, is still to be looked at, but expected not to be allowed, and definitely motorboats aren't. Fishing off the wharf or off the, um, the coast will also be allowed. So um, a lot of sports people may be allowed to, uh, to get back and maybe in the water 
or onto their bikes. Yesterday, I um, published a an interview with Ben Kennings from the um, Surfing in New Zealand, and he was talking about how the that uh, yeah that they basically hadn't been allowed in the water. So go back and listen to that interview um, from yesterday. Uh, it was really uh, really insightful into the world of, of surfing. Um, so there's a lot of people looking at what they may or may not be allowed to do. But one of the things that has come out from the uh, the government's uh, head of head of sport is, or minister of sport, sorry, is that yeah, professional sport will not be back at level two, level th uh, sorry, at level three, at level three. Level two is another matter now. We're not going to get getting down to level two until until um, at least after the 11th of May. But already. Um, New Zealand's National Basketball League are looking at trying to be the first team, the first sport back in action. They're coming up with a plan um, to have a five-week um, season centralised in one location, playing games every single day. Um, so clearly a lot of content there for, um, for their TB partner. Um, so they're looking at being ready to go as soon as uh, they get down to alert level two if, of course, regulations allow them to do so. Clearly, that would be behind closed doors. Um, initially, they're looking at um, posting that out of um, Auckland because of, of the, the facilities that they have available there, both from a playing and also from a broadcasting um, point of view. So you may get a very condensed, intense um, basketball season coming up. Foreign players will be allowed will, um, to play, but obviously they will have to have been in the country already. Um, so there's no flying in of players, obviously, with the lockdown that we have uh, around international travel. But any international players who happen to be here would be uh, allowed to do so. Um, talking of international athletes here, um, Paige Harib has been hosting three French um people who were here over here for the Pihar Pro uh, and have not gone back, have obviously not been able to go back home to France. Two other surfers and a photographer were over for that. Um, and she obviously a professional surfer who is in lockdown in Akura uh, on the beach, can literally see the waves, but isn't allowed to go in and, uh, and, and surf. So a little bit of sort of torture there. She says that, look, they're probably as fit as they've ever been because of all the land-based training um, they have been doing. Um, she's looking at trying to qualify or, or her goal for this year was to qualify for the Olympics. Obviously, that is now next year in 2021. Um, and so she'll still be looking at um, doing that uh, as well as trying to qualify for the dream tour by the World Qualifying Series this year, if it obviously goes ahead. In other Olympic news, um, Maya Drysdale, the um, two-time Olympic champion, uh, has said that the postponement really has questioned whether he will take part in his fifth Olympics for New Zealand. He is the current uh, champion for, for um, single skulls, winning that gold medal both in London in 2012 and Rio in 2016. He also claimed a bronze in Beijing in 2008 when he was sick. Uh, he said that, that the postponement really has damaged uh, his uh, motivation um, to continue. He is 41. Let's be honest, coming towards the end of his career, this would have been this would have been his final um, Olympics. He said he headed out for a two and a half hour cycle ride, but after 15 minutes turned back because he just could not um, be bothered uh, in to use his words. Uh, now, there's a lot of sports people who have had so much invested in that 2020 20 Olympics. We've talked previously about 
the financial burden for some of these people, for some of these athletes who are not professional athletes, um, taking out time from their work or from their lives for another year um, to perhaps uh, to, to to attend the twenty twenty to attend the twenty twenty Olympics next year. The that uh, and what a drain and whether they'll be able to do that. Here we're also seeing that not only is it the financial piece, but also there is the mental side as well that is impacting some of these people. He has decided quite rightly not to make a decision as yet. Um, we, rushing into these things would not be the right way to go about it, especially when uh, there is all this uncertainty around the, the world. But um, uh, let's hope that he does make it and can get that third gold medal. Thank you, everybody, for um, attending. Don't forget that we have got um, at 2 p.m. today, uh, I have bowls in new zealand um on for an interview uh this one's a sport that has perhaps a bit of a uh, an older um uh, sort of image but i can tell you it's a very dynamic sport um from the administration side of things so that was a really interesting interview and i said that'll go out at 2 p.m today thank you steve Stephen, and ashwin for joining me and for your updates today don't forget you can join us at 8 a.m every morning here on new zealand sport radio for the morning sports briefing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 